Hey, 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 and welcome back to a, another episode of Random Conspiracies and Goals with Angel. Alright, hello, 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 welcome back. I know it's been a few weeks, it's been a few rough weeks for me. How are you, Roman? You know, I'm pretty good. I've been making some badass tunes with some badass people. I'm finally um, out and about again. I got a new vehicle. Yes, so. it's very nice. Yeah, and it's push to start. Ooh. Oh, turbo engine, so I can speed down the highway, even though yeah, I don't like goes, a grandma. Yeah, he goes like forty. Yeah. And then would be like seventy in the day. <laughs> we gotta get to our destination. Hey, I'll be cruising. <laughs> Thing is, I haven't ever, haven't ever, um, really caused an accident. Um, so yeah, I'll be just cruising on by. Hey, I get in the slow lane, slow lane though, you know. I'm not like one of those assholes that get in the fastest lane and then drive super slow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I do my thing. Okay, okay. Uh, so, yeah, things have been pretty good. That's good. Thank, uh, Thanksgiving or also um, Indigenous People Day is, is pretty, pretty cool day. Yes. Never forget those people. Boys say, I was at my job and then the teacher was playing a video about Thanksgiving. Guess what part they left out? The genocide. I don't know. I know it's a room full of five to eleven-year-olds, but still, you're never too young to learn the truth. These the indigenous people of America, they need their they need their story told over and over until it's ingrained because so many bad things have happened to them, and they need just just everything. They need reparations. They need they need money to go to schools. They need everything. Just, I'm sorry, just when you talk about natives, huh, it's like a little sore spot in my heart. Because I feel like they got done so wrong. Yeah. Them kids will be alright. Shit, I watch Saving Private Ryan at 88, so they'll be alright. <laughs> and you learn the truth! Yeah, so, yeah. That movie's fucked up, though, y'all. I just haven't seen it. Y'all uh, see now, uh, I have something to do for, uh, for us to do now. But yeah. But yeah, guys, I was sick. Ooh, it came down. I was at work. It was the same day that Roman's dad gave me a tattoo. And tell me why. <laughs> I got so nervous that day. I don't know if I told you. Because my parents were all like, uh, when I told them that your dad did tattoos, but I was in a shop. Ah! What are you doing? Don't do that. <laughs> what was that? You just threw something in the air and caught it. Don't do that. Okay. What if something goes wrong? And this, this, and that. And it's gonna be, huh? And then it's gonna be on him. I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna be on you because you can't even do anything. Blah blah. blah. And so then I got it. And that exact same day, it was like after too. I got super tired. And then I went to work, and then I got super cold, and my body started aching. I was like, I think I'm getting sick. I think I'm getting sick. Lo and behold, I got so sick. And I was so scared at first that it was because of the tattoo. <laughs> it was like, I don't want to tell them because if I tell them, they're going to be like, we told you. And yeah. I got so nervous. But it was not that. I just have really bad allergies, guys. I am allergic to every plant in America, like the pollen. Um, so, yeah, I have been on shots like since I was, it happened when I was the last day of eighth grade year. And then, uh, well... It happened with the last couple months of 8th grade year, 
and then it got really serious on the last day of my eighth grade year. I remember, but I was I had been taking those steroid shots for years and stuff. But I ended up getting off of it. Not getting off of it. I just stopped because at one point they wanted me to do the shop to myself because I went to college and I was just like, mm. and I didn't like give myself the shot, so I didn't fa finish the last year of it. So now the the last year was the first time it happened where I got a really bad cold, but it's because of allergies. And so it ended up happening again this year. So I was like out for what, like five days pretty much. It was bad. So yeah, if your kids have allergies, make sure you get them checked on because that is not a good feeling. It's yeah, good stick feeling. with shit. Exactly. <laughs> All right, Roman, are you ready to know today's topic? Let's get ready to rumble. All right. <laughs> um, so I don't know if you remember, but... I said I wanted to do it after we had a little discussion about it. We actually talked about it on a video, I mean on a recording, and it got messed up. So you guys didn't even hear about it really. But it's sleep paralysis. Fuck! <laughs> so yes, in a, in a previous video that I couldn't put out, um, we talked about it because Roman said he has had some experiences with it. Like, I've had sleep paralysis, but his was way different than mine. And so I thought it'd be kind of cool to do an episode about that. Kind of cool, she says. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Let's get into it. So, um, when you have sleep paralysis, you people report hearing imagined sounds such as humming, hissing, static, and zapping, and buzzing. The zapping one kind of got me. I was like, I don't know, but zapping. Uh, yeah. And then other sounds such as voices and whispers and roars. Mm-hmm. It has also been known that one may feel pressure on their chest and intense, intense pain in their head during an episode. Mm -hmm. These symptoms are usually accompanied by intense emotions such as fear and panic. People also have sensations of being dragged out of the bed or a flying numbness and feelings of electric tingles or vibrations running through their body. Sleep paralysis may include hallucinations such as intruding presence or dark figure in the room, suffocating or terrifying the individual, accompanied by a feeling of pressure on one's chest and difficult breathing. Uh, several hallucinations have been linked to sleep paralysis, uh, the belief that there is an intruder in the room, the feeling of a presence and the sensation of floating. One not uncommon hallucination is the pressure of an incubus. A neurological hypothesis is that in sleep paralysis, the cerebellum, which is usually coordinates the body's movement and provides information on body position, experiences a brief myoclonic spike in brain activity during inducing a floating sensation. Um, so yeah, basically, like how. Uh, sleep process is described to me, uh, how I understand it, is that basically uh, sometimes, so if you don't know, when you go to sleep, your body paralyzes itself, basically, so that you don't act out your dreams. Um, you, know, you know, in your dreams, you run around looking ice cream, I don't know what you do in your dreams. But in my dreams, I fight the grudge, I've been killed by Jeepers Creepers, uh, <laughs> and I've, uh, I've experienced a B O and B. On a school bus, I don't know. I just have weird dreams, but uh, yeah. So, but you do all that, and you can't act that out. So your body 
paralyzes you. But sometimes people will, they're basically their brain will wake up so they're consciously aware that they're awake, but their body is still asleep. So the body hasn't fully awoken, so therefore you're still stuck. And so, you know, if you don't know that, it's probably freaking scary to wake up just being paralyzed. You know, the only thing you can do is, like, move your eyes. You know? Okay, because you can't even, like, the times I've experienced it, I can't even talk. You know? And so, uh, it's, you know, I remember the first time it happened. But now, since I know what it is most of the time, I just tell myself, uh, um, like, it's kind of like a mantra. I'm just like, it's okay, body wake up, body wake up body wake up and then eventually my body like wakes up it's a tough process but it it, it, it makes me like that's how I get out of it because I still get it sometimes it was I would get it a lot too when I was um before I started taking the medication for my depression and stuff I would get that a lot because my because you know my brain because I'm depressed <laughs> it's always running you know and so then I would uh, be thinking so much, but my body's like physically tired. So I can sometimes I can literally feel what's about to happen to sleep paralysis because I feel my body going to sleep, but my head isn't. And then I'm like, no, wait. <laughs> and I'm like, hold on, body. We're gonna go all the way to sleep together. We're not about to do this shit. So yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm just maybe I'm weird, but yeah. Um, so the intruder, um, and incubus hallucinations highly correlate with one another and moderately correlated with the third hallucination, vestibular motor disorientation, also known as out-of-body experiences, which differ from the other two and not involving the threat-activated vigilance system. Get what I just said? Yeah, a little. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I was just saying that uh, a lot of people um, have the intruder incubus hallucinations and they they both correlate with each other. So therefore, it, but scientifically it's known as the vestibular motor disorientation and it's, uh, but it doesn't involve vigilance system. Which is, um, if you don't know, that's... Um, I'm, I'm taking a big guess here, just off of context clues, but uh, I'm quite sure that's... Have you ever gone to like a hotel, or like you went to sleep, probably, if you go to sleep at a friend, not a friend's house, like, I don't know, like a hotel. What happens to you with hotels? Uh, you go to sleep, and you sleep really lightly? Mm -hmm. Have you ever had that? Yeah. If you go to a new place and you sleep really lightly, yeah, okay. That's, um, basically that's a condition that because we're in a new surrounding, half of our brain is still awake to help detect threats because we're in a new place, a new surroundings, you know, anything could happen. So, I think that's what that's saying, that it doesn't involve that. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So, uh, basically, the original definition of sleep process was, um, by this guy named Samuel Johnson. And, uh, and it was in this book called A Dictionary of the English Language, and it was under the term of nightmare. Mm -hmm. um, and then it, nightmare turned into eventually what we know nightmare is. So nightmare started off with sleep paralysis, 
meaning sleep paralysis. But now nightmare is what we think of a nightmare when we have a bad dream. Um, so then, yeah. And then uh, a, a neurologist, uh, S.A.K. Wilson, then used it in his 1928 dissertation. And then um, after that, it kind of took into what we know now of sleep paralysis. Uh, so yeah, um, sorry guys, reading. So, ah, I'm sorry, I lost my place on the computer, stupid. No, computer, you're not stupid, you're okay. It's like, oh, stupid, huh? Yeah, no, <laughs> shut down. No, baby, you beautiful and everything. You work well for me. Alright, uh, so... In Incubi, uh, such sleep paralysis was widely considered the work of demons. So they thought at first sleep paralysis was demons. Of course, everything's demons. And then, um, more specifically, people thought it was an Incubi, uh, which were thought to sit on the chest of sleepers. So in old English, uh, in old English the name for these beings was Mayor, or Marie Maron. I'm sorry guys, I do not know Germanic Old Norse, um, <laughs> but it's, it's Moron, uh, hence comes the name Mare in the word Nightmare, so that's how we got Nightmare, cool. so a night, uh, yeah, so an incubi, that's cool though, that's a history nightmare, okay, um, so, uh, what you call it, sleep paralysis is not just an American thing. <laughs> Everyone around the world has experiences. Um, but, so basically, people tend to see what... So like, if you live in Africa, whatever the tells or the scary things there are, that's what people tend to see. Mm -hmm. If you live in South America, then you see something different because of where you're at, your culture. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, it says, according to scientists, culture may be a major factor in shaping sleep paralysis. Um, when sleep paralysis is interpreted through a particular culture filter, it may take on greater salience. For example, uh, if sleep paralysis is feared in a certain culture, this fear could lead to a conditioned fear and thus worsen the experience, in turn leader, leading to higher rates. So, because you're already scared of it happening, and then it happens, then you're terrified, and then you got even more fucked up, basically. <laughs> but yeah, um, and then uh, so the, consistent with this idea, high rates of long durations of immobility, immobility uh, during sleep process has been found in Egypt where there are elaborate beliefs about sleep paralysis involving malevolent spirits, spirits like creatures, the jinn. So, do you know the first time I ever heard of a jinn was a, <laughs> is an anime? It was a Magi? I don't know if you know what that is. Do you know what Sinbad is? Okay, so it's a, there's an anime Sinbad. Have you ever watched that? Well, uh... He's shaking his head. I don't know. He's not speaking on oh, a no. podcast where people can't. 
Oh, I forgot. You can't hear my head shake. Yeah. Um, no, I have not seen Sinbad the Animated. Yeah. Well, it's really, really good, by the way. Just mm -hmm. let you know. Uh -huh. It is. It looks like that Sinbad character on there. He's fine. And that was the, that's the only, I think the only anime character that I was like, I really was like, dang, they made him too, too good looking. God dang. Right. He was. He had that long purple hair and it was cut, and I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's a really good anime. And then Moggy was supposed to be the prequel for um, Simba, mm -hmm. and uh, it has one of my favorite characters. Well, no, Simba has one of my favorite characters. Or is it Moggy? No, it's Moggy. Moggy has one of my favorite characters. It's a really cool tribe in there. But, uh, what was I going to say? But it's made by a woman. Yeah. And I thought that was pretty cool. Hmm. So, but yeah. Back to sleep paralysis. Um, uh, uh, let me see. Where was I at? Oh, yeah. Okay, so research has found that sleep paralysis is associated with great fear and fear of impending death in 50% of sufferers in Egypt. So I guess you, they basically they're like they get more, you have more occurrences of sleep paralysis, the more that you're nervous about dying. Oh right. Well, only half the time. That's fifty percent. No, it's like so. When I was a kid, I was just always nervous about dying. I know. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, a study comparing rates and characteristics of sleep paralysis in Egypt and Denmark found that the phenomenon is three times more common in Egypt versus Denmark. In Denmark, unlike Egypt, there is no elaborate supernatural beliefs about sleep, sleep paralysis and the experience is often interpreted as an odd psychological event with overall shorter sleep paralysis episodes and fewer people, 17%, fearing that they could die from it. So, again, it's going back to that, you know, what, they were, what I was saying earlier that they were saying is that um, if you believe in it more, that it's scary, and that there's malevolent beings and stuff like that, then it's going to keep coming back to you that way. But if you, like how I said, I, I don't have, I never had that same experience you had, but because I knew what, from my understanding of it, it was just a, you know, a, something that needed to be fixed in my body, because it just wasn't working correctly, basically, and so therefore I didn't really, really get like those scary things and so that's the same thing that's happening with Denmark and I think that's kind of fascinating yeah but yeah all right so we're going to go down really quick to the folklore I'm just going to go over um a little bit of what people in other countries like associate sleep paralysis with uh so the night hag is a generic name for a folklore creature found in cultures around the world and which is used to explain the phenomenon of sleep paralysis. A common description is that a person feels a pressure of a supernatural malevolent being which immobilizes the person as if standing on the chest. The phenomenon goes by many names. You ready? You ready? Let's hear it. Okay. So, uh, in Cambodia, sleep paralysis among Cambodians is known as... This is kind of funny to me. The ghost that pushes you down. <laughs> I'm already laying down, so what the fuck? I guess it was like pushing you 
from deceased relatives. So I guess in Cambodia, if you got that shit, it's because this uh, jealous-ass auntie <laughs> tried to come push you down some more, I like, guess. Like, oh, you know I'm down here burning. Come with me, bitch. <laughs> like, like, was, was like, what? But yeah, and then in Egypt, sleep paralysis is um, conceptualized as a terrifying gin attack. The gin may even kill its victims, which is why they're scared more of dying. Because they have the belief that it will kill you. Oh, God. Just imagine, like, ah, oh, I had a long day of work. Let me just take a nap. And he never woke up again. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, so, this is Italy. Even though Italy, I don't think Italy's that damn big, but it has a lot of um, variations of this. Um, and I'm wondering if, like, if, if this could be more of the origin of where it came from because it's so, so much. But okay, and guys, I'm probably gonna mess up these names. I do not speak Italian, so <laughs> all right. Um, and the different regions of Italy, there are many examples of supernatural beings associated with sleep paralysis. In the regions of Marchi and Abruzzo, it is a, referred to as a Panda Fici attack. The Panda Fici usually refers to an evil witch. Sometimes a ghost-like spirit or a terrifying cat-like creature that mounts on the chest of the victim and tries to harm him. The only way to avoid her is to keep a bag of sand or beans close to the bed. So <laughs> don't look at me like that. So that the witch will stop to count how many beans or sand grains are inside. That, when I read that the first time, I was like, wait, it's just crazy that this is what's going to stop a witch. Sign of a cross, 
something that we need a great struggle in a situation of paralysis. Wait, what? So you mean to tell me I gotta make the sign of a cross while I'm fucking paralyzed? Yeah, yeah that's when I get rid of her. You better pray to God, boy. What the fuck? <laughs> Alright, a similar folklore is present in the Sanino area. You have to do it like this. Sanino. No. I don't do that. Uh, Around the city of Benevenito. 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 Where the witch is called Janara. In southern Italy, sleep paralysis is usually explained with the presence of a spirit standing on people's chests. If the person manages to catch the spirit, oh no, not spirit. This is sprite. Sorry, guys, I can't read. A sprite? I don't think it means the drink. Uh, <laughs> I I feel like I know I've seen this in like uh, mythical movies and shit that I watch. But yeah, um, manages to catch the sprite or steal its hat in exchange for its for his freedom or to have his hat back. He can reveal the hiding place of a rich treasure. This sprite has different names in different regions of Italy. Monticello in Campana, Monticello in Basilicita, Basilicita, and this one, Laridoro, or Scacciamolo. I don't know, guys. I'm sorry. I'm done reading these things because I'm just butchering it. But yes, um, the dude that you catch, who's a sprite, has many different needs. Uh, <laughs> and you gotta snatch his chain, I mean, or his head or something. Like. Okay. Um, in Newfoundland, sleep paralysis is referred to as the old hag, and victims of a hagging are to be the said to be a hag ridden upon waking. Victims report being completely conscious but unable to speak or move and report a person or an animal which sits upon their chest. Despite the name, the attacker can be either male or female. Some suggested... Alright, alright, we are back. He had to go yell at his dogs like he usually does. He's abusive. No, I'm playing <laughs> No! But, yeah, don't send those PETA motherfuckers this way. <laughs> they relentless. Uh, okay, so yeah, so like I said, it can be either male or female. Uh, some suggested cures or preventions for the old hag include sleeping with a Bible under the pillow, calling the sleepers' names backwards, or in an extreme example, example, sleeping with a shingle or board embedded with nails strapped to the chest. Wait, you mean to tell me... I'm supposed to sleep with a board with nails attached to my chest, and this motherfucker motherfucker is supposed to stand on my chest. That seems kind of counterproductive. No, like it's supposed to uh, opposite way. You're, you're thinking of yourself. You're stabbing yourself. Oh, so, so, it, so it could, won't sit on you because it's gonna stab him. Yeah, I feel like I'll fuck that up. Yeah, you. they said the extreme example. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta worry about us standing on you and kill you. Keep damn self. Uh, this object was called a hagboard. The old hag is well enough known in the province to be a pop culture figure, appearing in films and plays as well as crafted crafted objects. Alright, then we uh, have Nigeria. So Nigeria doesn't actually have a very specific one. It's basically the fact that Nigeria is so diverse that they have so many that they, they just didn't put it down. So, yeah. Uh, and then the United States. 
Sleep paralysis is sometimes interpreted as a space alien abduction in the United States. That's actually the most common in the United States. Alright. So, yeah. And that's all I have on sleep paralysis. I'm just going to go ahead and read uh, three little Reddit stories that I found um, about sleep paralysis that people have experienced. Alright, alright, alright. So... This one is from, posted by you slash Monster. Um, so yeah, it's called Hooded Figure at Night. So he said, wanted to share something that's been happening to me for a while now. Uh, I started when I first moved in with my now wife in our first apartment. We were both asleep and I woke up briefly to just open my eyes and I see a dark hooded figure leaning over my wife next to me in bed. I don't remember feeling anything really such as fear or panic, etc. I just closed my eyes and went back to bed. But I did remember it the next day and told her about it and that was that. I want you to know that if you ever wake up and see a black hooded figure over me and you go back to sleep, I'll be mad at you. <laughs> I'll be really mad at you. Just like, uh, uh, you just, I'm just like, I look up and you. Say no more, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no. If you do that shit, you tell me I'll be so mad. Hey, hey babe, the barber dude came with this, with this motherfucker. He said, bye, bye. And then my ass is leaving. I'm leaving. Yeah. I'm done. I was like, yeah, we're just playing cards and shit. But, anyways. <laughs> so he said, skip to about probably eight years later in our current home, I saw the exact, same exact figure standing and leaning over my wife. It doesn't seem to be menacing or threatening in any way. Just looks like someone leaning over to look at my wife's face. I put my eyes for a couple seconds and then close, go back to sleep, and that's that. I will say my wife occasionally has pretty bad nightmares and there was a small amount of time where she could literally feel someone touching her at night. It got so bad that she felt she needed to stage the place. I'm curious if maybe there is something following her around and I'm somehow able to see it. I've never actually seen someone leaning over me personally. However, since I was a kid, I have times and felt presences when alone at night. Not a lot, but it has happened. Okay, yeah, it's that one. Um, I wonder if she is. Hers might actually be like a. I feel like a spirit though. Because um, it doesn't sound like he has sleep paralysis. You know? He's waking up looking and then, like, oh, well, I'm just gonna go back to sleep. But she, she said that she feels something. So she might actually have a ghost and that, yeah, they may get something to get rid of it. You know? Because something's attached to you. Oh. What, what are you gonna say? Never mind. That's what I was about to say. Or just fucking leave. But then again, if it's attached to you, yeah. it's just like, that's like that, the, that one movie where the chicks is, um, this she's basically on top of this guy. It is so fucking funny. Oh, because sure. he, I think that's what it was. Yeah. And it's fucking funny too because he keeps going back to the doctor. Uh, yeah. And he's she's, like, and she's, he's like, huh, you're a little over. What? Yeah, because she's confused because she keeps looking at the scale and looking at him. I remember that scene. And she keeps looking at him, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. But yeah, I remember it. And then my dad was like, sorry guys, my dad was like, yeah, this is why I never did an Asian woman.
until my mid-twenties, I'm 30 now, my worst experience happened a few months ago. The wall closest to the foot of the bed opened up like a secret entrance, exposing another room. There was a man standing there, and on the wall next to him were three masks. Imagine a Jason, Jigsaw, etc. mask. He took a second to choose a mask, and after putting on one, he approached the side of the bed and pulled out a gun while aiming directly at my face. He would say stuff like, I wonder what would happen if I pull this trigger right now, and whatnot. Physically, I couldn't move, and I really had to force myself out of it. I've had trippy dreams accompanying sleep paralysis, but nothing with that much detail, let alone dialogue. LOL. Hope y'all are sleeping okay. Yeah, that was a very vivid-ass dream. <laughs> like, this motherfucker, you woke up, the door opened up, this motherfucker basically picked out a match and said, yeah, I could kill you right now. And nobody would know. Yeah. And by the way, guys, that was posted by uh, you slash biggest with a D. One, two, three. Biggest D, one, two, three? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, and then the last one I'm going to read. This one's kind of long. Alright. So... Preface, uh, adult in good health, does not use drugs, and doesn't take any prescriptions. Since my childhood, I've experienced recurring sleep paralysis. The episodes vary in frequency, but they regularly occur around two to three times a month for me. If you're not familiar with sleep paralysis, it's a state in which your mind is awake, but you lack any control of your body. If you enter sleep paralysis when your eyes are open, it's common to hallucinate. Most hallucinations take the form of some kind of demonic, cloaked, or shadow figure. Google the hat man. I wanted to do this with you, just to see what comes up. We'll do this after I read the story. Okay. And then I will post it on our Instagram um, after this episode. Alright, so imagine waking up paralyzed to find a humanoid figure cloaked in a shadow standing over you. You can't close your eyes or even wiggle a toe. You get the picture. Over the years, I've had few encounters with extraterrestrial figures. Is that my car? I can't see. Oh. Oh. Sorry, guys. Elevator music. Stop. Oh, right when I fucking get up, it stops. <laughs> oh, it must be the sleep paralysis demon. Oh, I, I'll be there later. Shut up. <laughs> figures that fit the standard profile of gray aliens, slender, hairless, with a large, bulbous head and small slit for a mouth. The grays I've seen have always been small in stature, not quite like children, but more like young teenagers. Up until recently, every episode was roughly the same. Wake up paralyzed if I one or two grays approaching my bedside. Once they get near me, they just stop and stare at me. They stand there, making small movements and no sounds of it, as if studying. When these episodes occur, sometimes they, there are bright lights in my room and sometimes it's dark. There have never been more than two figures and they have never touched or communicated with me. Until recently. I woke up to my dark bedroom, paralyzed, eyes open. There were six grays. My eyes were facing down my nose, but in, a peripheral, but in the peripheral. I saw one standing behind and above me, staring down directly at me. 
The other five were arranged in a semicircle around the edge of my room. I could feel a light and cold pressure around the back of my head, like the gray behind me was touching me or some device was. I was paralyzed, so I couldn't move my head or eyes to look behind me. Although I could feel my body laying down, pressing against my bed, and the light pressure around my head, my mind felt stretched like a rubber band. Those sensations combined gave me the impression that my body was in one place, but my mind was pulled with immense tension somewhere else. I'm not quite sure how to explain it, but the tension felt fragile, as if I could be snapped back at any moment. When I became conscious and aware, the grays immediately started to communicate with me. There was no language or spoken word, just a stream of images and knowledge projected directly to my mind. They gave me the sense that all five grays above my, around my bed were communicating with me collectively, and at the same time, while the six behind me was somehow providing the means for it to be transmitted and interpreted. To begin, they sought to claim, I mean, they sought to calm me because the connection would be lost if I panicked or became too emotional. To help me stay calm, the grades offered me the opportunity to ask some questions. Afterwards, they would explain the reason why they approached me. To keep this post shorter, I'll jump to the end. After the Q&A, the grades took control of the conversation and told me there is a high probability in the distant future that life on Earth will end from a massive solar flare. When I asked how they knew, they communicated something that I could understand. Imagine something similar to TV static. My mind settled with the interpretation that they have technology that can that can predict such things with high level of certainty. In my mind, I was shown the Earth from space with the sun in the background. The solar flare erupted from the sun's surface and crossed the orbital path of the Earth. As the Earth continued on its orbit, the grays were narrating the scene. Humans will know about the solar flare it will take around two months for the Earth to cross it into its path. The grave specifically called the point the junction, and that word has some sort of significance I didn't fully grasp. Once the Earth's orbit hit the junction, the scene zoomed into the Earth's surf surface to the top of a mountain. As the outer bands of the solar flare collide with Earth, will be treated to a beautiful atmospheric display similar to the Northern Lights. The grades communicated the Earth's gravity will bend the supercharged particles across the entire surface. The display continued for a couple days as it quickly intensified, getting brighter until blinding and slightly brighter. I tried to cover my face and I saw the bones outlined in my hands. The scene shifted back to space and Earth's surface was scorched and scared um, in a scarred mess. The grades explained the solar flare will create so much friction as the Earth passes through that the atmosphere will be heated to a point where its surface will reach to a temperature similar to an atomic bomb. Life on Earth will end. At this point, I started to panic and the felt the tension of my mind slipping. I remember thinking the grades had predicted this and they quickly communicated the following before connection was broken. To prevent the catastrophic, uh, to prevent the catastrophe, the two next great evolutionary leaps for humans must happen. Leave <laughs> alone! We must figure out how to divorce knowledge from language. That will allow us to learn and share new knowledge almost instantaneously. We must, and then number two was, we must master gravity and use it as a means for travel to leave Earth and settle on distant planets. The conversation ended. The last thing I saw was a bright light in the shape of a doorway appear. One of the grays walked through it and swallowed it by the brightness. 
pressure touching the back of my head was removed. Then my mind was calculated back to my body. I mean, catapulted back to my body. I gained control of my body, which was covered in sweat and heart pounding. I sat up and shook the cobwebs from my head. Ian? Yeah, you sure you just didn't take LSD? Or... <laughs> she said she doesn't do drugs or have any prescriptions. Shrooms. Mm. So, anyways. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of crazy. But I do remember hearing a while ago about solar flares getting pretty, like, that's why they're watching the sun a lot. Because they keep seeing, like, massive solar flares. And they're wondering who's going to you know, do something to us. But that's interesting. And I like the, we must divorce knowledge from language. Because I, what I'm thinking they mean is that, uh, so, like, when I have, like, my uh, Latino friends and um, they're having, I'm having them, like, try to teach me Spanish. And then sometimes they say, that the issue when trying to teach somebody a word is that so like you know we'll point to a hanger we'll be like what's the word for hanger and they'll say it but say we point it I know there's a word for cup in Spanish but say we point to cup and then we're like okay what's the word for cup in Spanish and they're like we don't have one or they, they'll or they'll explain like this is what you would say but it doesn't translate to English and so, therefore, they say that a lot of times people, when they get to that part, they won't, um, they won't um, try to learn it because they can't connect it to something in what they already know. What they're, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I wonder if that's what they mean by yeah. divorce knowledge from language. Because yeah, I would probably be more open to learning something if we don't already have an idea behind it. Yeah. So... I guess it kind of just means being open-minded. <laughs> but, huh? but, yeah, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Oh, yeah, no, really quick, before we go, the whole reason I did this episode was because Roman told me he had a sleep paralysis story when he was a kid. I just would like you to tell it to the audience real quick before. Wait, you don't want to tell, you, tell them about the one about the gorilla? Not, not that one. He was beating my ass. Okay. He was beating the shit out of me. Right. Just go ahead and... Okay, fine. I'll tell you one about the kid, I guess. I mean, when I was a kid, probably. Um, so, basically, I was with my parents. We were laying down all together because I was still pretty young. So, I'm laying next to them, and they're asleep. I mean, big sleep. Then, you know, all of a sudden, I saw a big-ass lady on top of me. Like, she was just sitting on my chest. She wasn't pretty either, so I didn't like it. Um, but, you know, like, and I couldn't move. It was like, I couldn't move. I couldn't say nothing. Even though my parents were right next to me, I'm like, I, I, That's what it felt like. It felt like I was, like, yelling, but I wasn't. Mm -hmm. I'm like, why the fuck aren't they moving? They still sleep. Hard as shit. While I'm being attacked. I'm your kid. Um, so, you know, I'm just sitting there. The lady's just sitting on me. She's not doing anything, which makes it weirder. Like, I at least feel like if you, if you were, like, you know, just, like, punching me or choking me or something like that, then at least, you know, like, and I, I swear that's not a fetish of some sort. But at, 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 oh, no. Uh, but at the very least, I don't know. I felt like, I, I, I don't know, I would feel a little less easy because it's like, okay, now I know I'm being attacked. But, no, she's just sitting there menacingly. Like, 
She's not moving or any or anything. She's just staring. Just like, like her face was like shrouded. You can barely make it out, but you can tell it was like sinister. I mean, she was like super big. No waffle. Um, but yeah, it was oh shit. And the thing is, like, eventually she just disappeared and I could breathe again and the next year I woke up but when I woke up my parents weren't there so I instantly panicked and thought I was in another dream and jumped out of bed and ran around the living room and got yelled at so yeah that was my um Pirelli's little bit with sis story thank you for sharing that with us um Guess that's it, guys. Yeah. Sweet um, dreams. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> um, remember to follow me on Instagram at random ghouls. And then uh, I do have an email. Um, I have to figure out the email. I, I made it, guys. I'm sorry. And I just, I haven't had to use it, so I forgot it. And I wrote it down somewhere. I'm going to put it on the Instagram. Um, so you guys can use it if you want. Um, but I gotta find it. I am so sorry about my incompetence. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And please tune in next week for our next episode. Um, that's all, guys. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Love you. Oh, and I will put the, 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 what was it called? Black hat? We gotta look at the black hat people, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. Black hat. Was it black hat? Or we gotta look at it on the air. I was just gonna look on my phone. Okay. I mean, like, like, while I'm recording. No, we don't have to. Oh, okay. Never disregard that, guys. Bye.